Welcome to the Chicago Golf Report Podcast, brought to you by ChicagoGolfReport.com, covering everything golf in Chicago. Our guest this episode is head golf coach at the University of Illinois, Mike Small. Mike has built the University of Illinois golf team into one of the elite programs in the country, and he was named National Golf Coach of the Year in 2015. Mike is also an elite pro golfer with 22 professional wins, including two on the Web.com Tour. Well, I I began as a player back um, when I was younger, obviously. I played college golf at Illinois. And, um, you know, thought I was pretty good, but once I got to college, I realized that there were a lot of great players out there, and this was back in the mid-'80s. And uh, I enjoyed college golf so much, and I improved so much, that after four years of, of getting better and, and playing alongside players like Steve Strickler, who was my teammate here, um, my game evolved to a level where I could um, feasibly see myself giving it a shot to play professional golf. And um, after college, I played professional golf for better part of 11, 10, 11 years um, all over the world, starting on the small tours, and then uh, working my way back uh, all the way up to the PGA Tour, becoming a PGA Tour member. I had won twice on the Nike Tour, which is the Web.com Tour now. Uh, finished high on that money list and, and you know, eventually got on the PGA Tour and played in some majors. And um, you know, I'd done that for 10 or 11 years and made it, was making a decent living at it. But um, I lost my card then in 1998 and was back on the Nationwide Tour at the time, is the name it was called. Now, obviously, like, like, I, said, like I said, that's the Web.com Tour. And I was back um, playing there, and my kids were growing, and they were getting into kindergarten age and were not able to travel with me as much. And I had to, my career came, came to a crossroad. Do I want to continue to play professional golf? And like I said, I was making a living at it. It wasn't uh, it wasn't a bad living. I was doing well. It was just a lot of a lot of time and a lot of traveling, and and it was kind of a narrow life when you're playing professional golf. It's just your golf game. It's your it's me, myself, and I, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And things were getting a little narrow, and and I and and I was playing okay, but not like I had when I got on the PJ Tour. And I had to decide whether to work my way back up to the tour or to. Uh, do whatever, and at that time, Illinois had been calling me and, and kind of planting the seed of coming back and trying to build a program and try to grow a program that was um, that me as an alumni and other alumni would be proud of, and it intrigued me because at the time I enjoyed so much in college golf when I played, and I decided um, because of personal life with my kids and they they couldn't travel much anymore, and I and my love for Illinois and it was still in golf and I could still play. The AD at the time uh, told me I could still play and wanted me to play. He saw the importance of being a player coach and still being involved in tournament play. That um, I made the decision to come back to Illinois and coach in 2000. So that's kind of how I got into the back in, or into the golf business from playing, and then I um, became a PGA member a year later and. Um, Started playing PGA of America events and section events, and along with PGA Tour events. And 17 years later, here I am. So you um, talk about uh, the uh, University of Illinois kind of planting that seed. Why don't you bring you back? Can you give a little overview of what the role of a college golf coach is? Because I'm assuming you're getting some really elite level players. They probably have instructors already. Does the coach serve? as a uh, instructor as well or what's what's kind of the role of the the golf coach at University of Illinois 
Well, the role of a golf coach at the University of Illinois is not different than probably any other golf coaches nationwide um, at the level we aspire to be at, um, except maybe we just do it a little bit differently. It's personalized, if you will, to our school, our our location, our um, mission statement of what we want to accomplish and how we go about it. But um, my role as a golf coach is really all-inclusive. Um, you know, golf teams are small. They can be as small as six players. They can be as high as 12 or 13 or 15. And we've always kind of um, tinted towards the smaller team because I believe in um, – and having a relationship with the kids and getting to know them very well and playing a big part in their development as players and students. And, um, you know, if you want to get the really, really good players to have that many players on your team, it doesn't give those other guys a very much of a chance to play. So I, we've always had smaller teams and if, but, but the way I can equate it is if you're comparing it to an organization or a professional team, um, you, you have your, general manager, you have your owner, your 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 salary cap guy, you have your equipment manager, you have your coaches, you have your facility guys, you have your recruiters, you have your scouts, you have everybody that kind of kind of helps the the organization win. In our small the small number of a team that we have, I kind of do all those. So I'm a jack of all trades, I'm a fundraiser, I'm a I'm the CEO, I'm the fundraiser, I'm everything in, in between, and I'm even the, 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 the equipment guy and the facility guy. Now, I have an assistant coach who assists me on that, but the buck stops with me. And uh, to be a successful college golf coach, I believe you should have your hand in all those. You should have um, ownership in all those, and I think all of those are important if you want to build an all-inclusive program that competes consistently at the national level. Um, you have to be a marketer. You have to be, uh, you know, I already mentioned fundraiser. That's kind of the same thing, but you have to create a, an excitement between the community and your donors and supporters for the team. And then now you have the social media aspect. You have to have a hand in and understand that. And um, it evolves with time, but there's so many little facets of a golf coach that it would take us a long time to explain all of them and what we do. But, um, you know, just the actual teaching golf, and working on the golf swings and teaching the game and how to score and how to play at tournaments and practice rounds and how to manage a game on the golf course, that's the essence of a golf coach. That's the main point in there because it all comes back to how your players play. But if you look at the golf coach's responsibilities in Major Division One, I, I think that golf part is probably a, a 25% um, piece of the equation because all the others support that in order to get the best players uh, coming to your school to use the best facilities at the best institution. So with, with all of that, uh, different responsibilities and, like you said, the golf part being a, a small part of it, you also add the fact that, you, as you said, you are still playing a lot of events and you do very well in a lot of events. How do you juggle the responsibilities of running a major program like University of Illinois and then still keeping your own personal game sharp? Well, that's a great question. I've been asked that for a better part of 15 years, and the answer I give jokingly is I don't really know. If I try to figure it out, I might mess this whole thing up. So it's uh, it's it's something that I don't take for granted. That I just keep looking forward and keep moving and looking on the next year. And 
I do have an awesome assistant and operations person in, in Zach Barlow, my assistant coach, and Jackie Simoniak is our operations director for men's golf. And with the facilities we've built over the years here at Illinois, it's um, we, we have over $12 million in our golf facilities right on campus just for the men's and women's teams that we've built and and designed and and uh, just kind of started from the ground ground floor. And it's that's a huge responsibility, and I have some great help to help me do that, along with all the other stuff we've talked about. Um, uh, it, it takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of selfishness. I mean, I have a family at home that understands that, and they've been great because to be, you know, what we've done in this program for a better part of, the, of you know, 15, 16 years and, and the success I've had playing. I've played in 11 majors and about almost 40 PGA Tour events and, a lot of the national club pro things and now the senior stuff. And I, I play probably five or six times a year, seven times a year, except when I have exemptions on the tour, I'll play more. Um, but to do all that and to do the job, I need a great staff and I need a great family that understands the selfishness that goes into playing playing well, that you have to – sometimes you you know you get free time and you can just kind of go home and work in the yard or visit with the neighbors. I don't have a lot of time to do that. I'm a, I have to go probably hit some balls or – or go work on part of my game when that time arises. And sometimes I have more time and sometimes I have less to do that. But you have to give up a lot of things in your life that um, are, are other people take for granted, I guess. It's just some downtime. There's no downtime in my life uh, in order to do this. And it kind of fits my personality. I believe that uh, that's kind of the way I'm wired. I have to be doing something all the time. And, um, and so maybe that's what helps it too. But, you know, when I was on the PGA Tour for those 10 or 11 years off and on and playing professional golf, I practiced so hard and I was at it every day, all day. And I think some of that work that I did then and developed my game still pays off dividends today that maybe I don't have to give as much time to it to still have success um, that can carry my game through. Do you think it's that perspective that you've get received like you said, uh, going through these different stages of your life as a professional and developing that work ethic, uh, because it, it seems like the perspective you have is so unique. You know, you were literally a student at University of Illinois, then you become a touring professional, professional golfer, and then you become the coach. It's a very unique perspective, and you've had success every single area. Do you think all of that kind of has fed into the reason why you've had success with the team and, and kind of building it up as if you've been able to do. Yeah, um, I'd like to think so. I'd like to think that, you know, I was raised in a, in a great atmosphere at a family, a competitive family, a, a, a sports kind of oriented family, but to find things you love to do and to, to do them well. And if his job isn't finished, to finish it and to, you know, not take things for granted. And I believe I am a hard worker. I believe... I believe that I'm a competitor, and 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 I love that aspect of it, and I think that is is an intangible that's been that's been prevalent in all these areas of my life. And you know, did I ever win on the PGA Tour? No, I never did win on the PGA Tour, and that's something that you know I may regret in my life. But um, you know, all things happen for a reason, and to to make the PGA Tour was was a goal of mine when I was a young man, and I think I I I, I know I accomplished it. You know, I just kind of jokingly with people. I wish my goal would have been to win on the PJ Tour because I might have done that, and um, and I would have done that if I would have been my goal that I had programmed in my mind all those years. And and um, but you know, coming back to Illinois and having enjoyed college golf so much when I played, I think I subconsciously, um, you know, probably wanted this and have planned for this. And 
And um, when I do something, I want to do it well. And if I were to come back here and I got the promise from the AD at the time that if I was going to do this, I wanted the, the ability to go get the resources either provided by the university. And if they weren't, I was I, I had to have the ability to go get them myself, which we've done. And we've gone above and beyond what, what most, most college golf programs have done and could do because the university has given me the freedom to go get it and to go after it and go do it. And I really appreciate that, them letting me do that and not, you know, I guess not having reins on me, taking the reins off. And and we've been able to do that, you know. I mean, who would have thought the Illinois golf program would have been number one in the country for a couple of years, two or three years there, and, you know, and, and, and has gone to 10 straight national championships and has finished in the top five in the country six of the last seven years. Um, I don't think anybody would have imagined that, and that's been kind of the the fun thing to do is to do things that nobody thought you could do, and and I think that competitiveness that I developed as a youngster, and then playing on tour, and then the love for the university, and having the freedom to do all that, it's all coupled together to let us just bust our butts and go get it. We interviewed Pat Goss a couple of years ago, and uh, you, you kind of faced the same reality of the fact that you're a Midwestern golf school. How do you recruit these top-level players to come to a Midwestern location, a cold-weather location, versus going to a, a warm climate? Well, I don't, I don't, uh, it's just not, it's not an easy recipe, it's not an easy answer, it's just something we do, and it's just who we are, and it's what we do, and, and there's no, no excuses. The weather is probably uh, documented more by other people than us. I believe it's more important than the weather you play golf in is the people you surround yourself with and the environment that you find yourself being a part of is more important than the weather. And, um, you know, we've we've had two individual national champions in the last six or seven years, and eight years, whatever it's been, seven years, I think. And uh, uh, we've had a number of other top five finishers, and, you know, we've won eight Big Ten championships in nine years, and it's just something that perpetuates and grows. If people can see it can be done, they want to be a part of something special no matter where it is. And I think that's something that we believed. And would I love to be able to go out in December and January and hit balls and play? Yeah, it would be great. But that's just not the reality of it. So you have to find kids that, that understand that, that aren't always looking backwards. You want to find kids that are looking forwards. They're not, you know, they don't come to school and say, wow, this weather's that bad. I wish I was somewhere else. You, you try to screen those kids early, and you don't want kids that look backwards. You want kids that are hungry and look forwards, that want to be a part of something special and want to be a part of a good a fun, positive, optimistic environment, and you recruit those kids. And not, Do we always recruit the best players at the time? No. But when it's all said and done after three or four years, we've had <laughs> over 20 All-Americans and, like I said, national champions. And so after four years, they evolve into that role that people wish they'd recruited four years earlier. So we take a lot of pride in the development part of it. But I think a lot of it is these kids don't care about the weather. They want they they see the facilities that were built. They see the commitment from the university and from the coaching staff that we want to give them the best facilities possible. And then we mold mold them and and groom them in a in a culture that's very uh, accountable yet positive. And um and it, it it becomes addicting after a while. It becomes it becomes you know they 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 want it. They they, they want to be a part of it. And and success breeds success and success breeds happiness and 
when you have a good when you have when you're playing well, people want to be a part of it. So I think that's been a big part of it, um, the growth of the program, and the weather part is um, I think it amazes the warm weather people and the the West Coast coaches more than it does us because we don't know any different. This is just who we are. But the the warm weather coaches can't figure it out um, how we're doing it. But again, like you said, we've you know we've we've been uh, you know the top program in the country. If you average out the last eight national championships, we're number one in the country. And so that's kind of a neat thing to have, even with our weather. I have two more questions for you. Uh, one, if you could put on your hat as a PGA professional, uh, you just talked about how it is a sort of a mindset, and like you said, you, you don't know any better in terms of the, dealing with the weather. Uh, would you have any um, suggestion, maybe one suggestion for for amateur Chicago golfers, people like us who are faced with the same weather conditions, pretty similar as to you, is what you face. Uh, anything that you would suggest them to, maybe it could be a mindset change, maybe it could be something, some, something to focus on during the, the cold weather months so that when March comes around, they're ready to hit the ground running. Well, yeah, I mean, that's a, that's a, tough, a tough thing to do. Everybody's different, but I think the physical aspect is huge. The, the, the mindset is very, very important. To visualize, you have to be excited about it. You have to study the game. You know, you can find places now where you can hit inside to out. You know, back when I was growing up, you shut down entirely with golf from November to March or December to March. Now, now you can actually, there's bays and, and hitting stations and ranges around the, around the Midwest and that you can actually hit balls inside to out and there's places you can putt and chip inside. So it's not as restrictive as it used to be. Um, but mentally you have to visualize things and stay positive and optimistic. But physically you can work on your body. You can work on your, your flexibility. You can work on your, on your uh, on your strength and in your imbalances, and I think that's huge when the when the springtime comes around. You know, and, uh, uh, the game has evolved so much over the years that um, there's trainers now, and there's there's you know the, the 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 TPI stuff, and you can be in better shape come March than you were in November and be a better player. Um, you know, with the full swing. Now the short game is a whole different deal, but uh, you can putt and chip inside, or you can visualize things, or you can just uh, you know, stay positive because there's not much you can do about it. But when the time does come to get outside, take advantage of it and and use that time to improve. So then, final question, and this is kind of a it's a it's a big question for you because it's going to encompass a lot of your life. But can you give me an example or maybe one of your most memorable moments as a player and as a coach? Are there or one thing from each that kind of resonates with you when I say what what's a memorable moment for you as a, a player and a coach well I'll have to think about that I get I get these questions when I speak or when I go talk to people from time to time and it's it's weird for me because I've programmed myself for the last 30 years to not look backwards and always look forwards and I'm always on to the next obstacle or the next goal or the next season or the next round or whatever it is and I don't sit back and reflect a lot. And I've started to do that a little more recently because people have told me it's healthy to do that and, and, and to you know realize what we've accomplished and kind of make that feel good. But back in the day when I was playing, and I'm still playing, I, I, I'm always on to the next shot, the next hole, the next, the next day, and I don't reflect as much as I should. So it's hard for me to, to, uh, to think about that. Um, but I know, you know, uh, Getting my PJ Tour card was a big deal for me. That was when I finished in the top 15 in the 
the Nike Tour and and the Nike Tour Championship when when Commissioner Fincham gives you out your card, that was always a big deal to me. That's something that was a lifelong dream that I had. Um, like I said, I wish I'd have had that dream to to win on the tour, not just make the tour. But I remember that vividly. And then, um, uh, you know, winning the national uh, PGA Professional Championship three times, um, each one of them got sweeter and sweeter. Not just the first one. The first one I won, I kind of came from behind and. By lo and behold, I won. But the last couple, I was in the heat, in the heat of it and won, and and that was a huge a huge um, satisfaction to me to know that I won the national a national championship with so many exemptions and so much perks and stuff and reputation in it that I won it three different ways. That was always kind of nice. And then as a, as a coach, um, you know, I've had two individual national champions champions that were very very important to me to see these kids um, catapult their careers. You know, Scott Langley and Thomas Peters. Onto the PGA Tour and European tours, and 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 that was that was huge being a part of that. But um, the consistency our team has sustained over a better part of a decade um, is kind of all together with me. Not just one moment, but to be able to come back and win eight out of nine Big Ten championships, and the one that we lost, we finished second by three shots. So to bring it every year like that is important to me. That's kind of the way I'm wired. As I I just want to do it over and over and, and be consistent in what you do. And, um, you know, that just shows me that the kids are buying in it and, and, and that we build a program. So it wasn't one defining moment in coaching as much as it's been a consistent um, run or stretch, you know, to make the, the NCAA championship finals 10 consecutive years and then to make the match play six of seven, um, which is most in the country. And to finish top five in the country six to seven years is is something that really um, uh, makes me proud and, and I can reflect on, I guess, if you will, because it's it shows consistency. It's not a flash in the pan. It's not a one thing. Now, the one year we lost the national championship to Alabama, we finished second. Um, you know, people ask me, would I take that and take the other finishes and would I trade them? And I no, I wouldn't because that's just the way I'm wired. I love being in the fight. I love being in the battle every year and the and feeling being nervous and, um, you know, cause there's no guarantee we're ever going to do that again. So, you know, we're going to try again this year, but there's no guarantee. And, uh, that's why you got to cherish those, that run that you've had. This has been the Chicago golf report podcast. Visit Chicago golf right now for exclusive discount offers, Chicago golf news and in-depth event listings.